It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick. And here we go, coming to you live from the Dollar Loan Center. This is HSK Today. Brian McCormick here, you there. Lindsey Brown on the other side of the glass as we talk Silver Knights hockey and get you set for tonight's return to home ice for the Silver Knights. They take on the Tucson Roadrunners, Silver Knights with three home games remaining on the regular season schedule, six games overall in the 22-23 campaign. Uh, and as the Silver Knights return home, they are officially out of playoff contention. That was uh, confirmed on Friday afternoon with the loss in Calgary to the Wranglers. Silver Knights dropping three in a row on their three-game road trip. So uh, for the final six games for the Silver Knights, it'll be uh, a focus on, uh, for some players, making a case for next season. For other players, in addition to that, you're always trying to impress the men upstairs uh, for future purposes, but also uh, the the development focus. And, and it'll be interesting over these final few games to see if the coaching staff, if head coach Manny Viveros and uh, Jamie Heward, Joel Ward, if we see some players put into some different positions, some uh, guys get a look on power play time that we've not seen before. Because, again, from here on out for the Silver Knights, the uh, the points don't matter in terms of, of making a push for the playoffs. That is now mathematically uh, unattainable. So still uh, games that are meaningful, however, and, and we've heard uh, Manny Viveros say throughout the last couple of weeks that for the Silver Knights the important thing is not giving up, and and while that largely, of course, was with their minds and eyes turned towards never giving up until the playoffs are out of reach, nonetheless, they're professionals, and they're going to play to the finish line and also, of course, try to make good impressions. And for some players, that's going to mean a good impression as well to make on Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee for who might be a member of the, uh, the, the Black Aces, the Taxi Squad, whatever nomenclature you'd like to use, but what Silver Knights may be uh, on the wings to uh, assist with the upcoming VGK playoff run because we know there is going to be playoff hockey at T-Mobile Arena in the weeks ahead. So plenty to cover in this one. We're going to talk about tonight's contest against the Tucson Roadrunners. Silver Knights still have the opportunity to play uh, the role of spoiler a little bit, and that, uh, while not as enticing as playoff hockey, certainly does uh, call in for the uh, players their, their pride and their convictions and if you're not going to be there yourself, you want to make it hard on everybody else. And this is a Roadrunner team that is currently holding on to the last playoff spot in the Pacific Division and trying to hold off the San Jose Barracuda. And not only hold off the Barracuda, but also make their push uh, to try to climb a little bit higher uh, in the Pacific Division as a cluster of the Ontario Reign, the Bakersfield Condor, and the Tucson Roadrunners all uh, jockeying for 5th, 6th, and 7th with the Barracuda on the outside looking in. That is a playoff picture that the Silver Knights can absolutely impact as you look at their last six games. Not only the fact that they have, uh, you know, six games still to play, it's going to be a bit of a mad dash as it's six games in a span of 11, 11 days. Uh, today against Tucson, of course, and then uh, Friday against the Bakersfield Condors. Then they'll head on the road for Coachella Valley, Bakersfield, and Ontario before hosting the Ontario Reign on the final day of the season on April 15th. So, a lot of the hockey, basically every game except for Coachella, is going to be trying to impact that 5-6-7 sequence. Uh, and the Silver Knights can also uh, throw a wrench into Coachella Valley's plans as well as they're trying to chase down the Calgary Wranglers for the number one seed. So still uh, for the Silver Knights, uh, a team that can 
can shake the landscape a bit, and, and for that reason will still be uh, watched around the league as the Pacific Division playoff picture takes its shape. Throughout the program, we're going to catch up with our friends over at the Southern Nevada Health District. Uh, Pichaya Patasema will join us uh, in our next segment. She is a health educator and registered dietitian for the Office of Chronic Disease Prevention and Health Promotion. So she'll give us some healthy tips for the off-season months ahead that I'm sure players will follow, but uh, you can follow them too. I know I will. Uh, and then later in the program, we're going to catch up with Darren Millard of the VGK broadcast team. Darren is going to join us and talk about the impact that the Silver Knights have made on the VGK playoff run to this point. And I think Pavel Dorofiev's impact uh, is the one that speaks for itself and really jumps out at you. But again, this is a Silver Knights uh, group that has contributed not just Dorofiev, but Braden Pahal, also currently up with the VGK. And throughout the year, we've seen Yuri Patero, we've seen Caden Korzak, we've seen uh, Byron Fraze, Jonas Rombier. There have been plenty of Silver Knights who have uh, had a part to play in the Golden Knights run this season uh, and who you would imagine may be called on again or at the very least uh, brought along for the ride uh, as the Golden Knights hope to be playing in mid-June. So we'll see what kind of perspective Darren Millard can give us on that as well. So let's turn our attention to tonight. Uh, and again, for the Silver Knights, they take on a Tucson Roadrunner team that is still trying to uh, solidify their playoff positioning. And the Roadrunners have been playing well. They've been, they've been solid. Um, not running away with anything. They have points in six of their last ten. Uh, they dropped, uh, well, they picked up one of an available four points last weekend against the Bakersfield Condors, which, uh, again, had impact on that 6-7 race. But um, prior to that, they'd won three in a row. And it's a team that's, that was playing well enough from the viewpoint, the angle that we had which was the Silver Knights trying to chase down Tucson, and, and the Roadrunners did a good job of, of stiff-arming the Silver Knights. When the Silver Knights picked up a game, Tucson picked up a game as well, including a couple of uh, hard-fought hard wins uh, in Colorado at Budweiser Event Center. So they've been playing just well enough to stave off the teams chasing them down and keep pace with Bakersfield in Ontario, uh, but they certainly come in with a lot of purpose, and not just purpose for the... Uh, for the standpoint of, of the standings, but also some individuals who are trying to lock down some significant hardware, uh, and none more so than Michael Carconi. Michael Carconi comes into this game tonight leading the American Hockey League and scoring with 79 points, making a legitimate push for MVP honors in the AHL this season. Five goals and 11 points in his last seven games, and uh, Michael Carconi has also spent uh, fair time in the NHL with the Arizona Coyotes this year as well. That'll certainly be a uh, key person for the Silver Knights to fix in on, not just because, of course, he's had a tremendous season. Uh, in, in any event, we would be talking about trying to slow down Michael Carconi, but also because you know that for the Roadrunners, this is going to be uh, the, the, the home stretch run for them. Tonight is the final road game of the season for the Tucson Roadrunners. They'll finish the year on a homestand. They've been on the road since, if I'm not mistaken, March 23rd, so they've been bouncing around a little bit. Um, but you know you're going to see... Michael Carconi playing like a player who is on uh, awards watch, and that'll have uh, the Silver Knights fixated on him. If you look at the back end for the Roadrunners, we saw uh, Cam Deneen in Bakersfield last week. The swap of top-scoring blue liners between Arizona and Edmonton sent Cam Deneen to the Condors. Well, the Roadrunners picked up Michael Kesselring, who's having an explosive offensive season. He has 14 goals this year between the Roadrunners and the 
uh, and the Condors. Kesselring with four points in six games since joining the Roadrunners. And if you look at uh, where he ranks, he's essentially led the American Hockey League among defensemen in goal scoring for much of the season. Slowed down a little bit over the last couple of weeks. He's at 14. That's fourth now on the list. He's behind Trevor Carrick, Leon Gavanka, and Lucas Carlson uh, in Charlotte, who leads the league with 18. But nonetheless, it's been a phenomenal offensive season from the back end uh, with Michael Kesselring. So the combination for the Roadrunners of adding Kesselring and also at the deadline, uh, Adding Stephen Camper gives them stability on the back end that they didn't necessarily have before. Uh, of course, for the Silver Knights, this will be uh, for Dyson Mayo, his first time playing against his former team. Dyson Mayo was traded to the VGK organization just a couple of days after the Silver Knights and Roadrunners last met at Tucson Arena on February the 19th. So Dyson Mayo, who uh, prior to that trade, and it might it probably is still the case, had played more games than any player in two, in uh, Roadrunners history after spending seven years in that organization. He will uh, face his former team for the first time. So uh, two two teams that uh, have some blue line talent. Michael Carconi has been explosive up front. Uh, and for the, for the Silver Knights, boy, have they gotten tremendous play out of the trio of Gage Quinney, Sheldon Rempel, and, uh, and Zachary Manon. And, and when I say they've gotten tremendous play out of those three, that's to say that almost all the offense of late for the Silver Knights has been coming from from that trio. Uh, and when we talk about uh, hardware watch on the Roadrunners side, well, there's some milestone watch on the Silver Knights side going into tonight. Uh, and that includes Sheldon Rempel, who has 197 career AHL points uh, coming into tonight's game. And, and he has been phenomenal over the course of the last... Uh, really two weeks for the Silver Knights uh, and also put on a, a highlight reel show in Calgary as he tends to do. The Calgary native, whenever he's met Saddledome this year, uh, he's put up tremendous numbers. So if you look at Sheldon Rempel, over the course of the last five games, he's had eight points, three goals, five assists, eight points for Sheldon Rempel and three points shy of number 200 in his AHL career. Zachary Maninen has been rock solid. He has six goals in his last uh, five games for the Silver Knights after going quiet in the two games in Calgary, but he's been tremendous in this building of late and tremendous against the Roadrunners in particular this season with eight points in seven meetings against Tucson. And then uh, perhaps most impressive of all has been Gage Quinney. Uh, Gage Quinney, who has 13 points now over the course of the last five games, uh, had his four-game point streak snapped on Friday in Calgary, but uh, there's an article right now on the team's website, hendersonsilverknights.com, chronicling that trio, but also Gage Quinney in particular, who uh, Silver Knights have to just be so thrilled, not with him, not, not only with him, but also for him. As we've discussed it for both Gage Quinney and Jake Bischoff this season, this was a show-me season. This was a season for two players that were injured or Ill, uh, injured or ill for the last two years. Of course, Gage Quinney's Long COVID has been well documented, and he was dinged up with a myriad of injuries last year as well. Jake Bischoff hurt his leg uh, blocking a shot at the end of the inaugural season in March of 2021. Didn't come back until this uh, past offseason. He spent all of last year rehabbing. Wasn't sure if he'd ever play again. Both of those players were given AHL contracts of, okay, you've not been uh, yourselves in a long time. Let's see where you're at. Let's see what you can do. And uh, all Gage Quinney has done has been the best offensive producer for the Silver Knights really throughout the season. Not only does he lead the categories, but 
Uh, he's had two or three different stretches of about seven or eight games this season where he's been the best player uh, in the Pacific Division, you could argue, and uh, and that's been with being dinged up a time or two in that window as well. Uh, really a great season for Gage Quinney uh, and for Jake Bischoff, but that trio is going to be very important for the Silver Knights. We talked about these last couple of games, and for the Silver Knights, they're not playing for playoff positioning, but there is an importance for auditioning. There is an importance for seeing perhaps what other opportunities young players can get, what different situations you can put them in, and which players who have been developing, who have been you know, maybe maybe trying to do the right things and, and walk the straight and narrow, but maybe playing within themselves. You know, a young player just trying to follow the rules, follow instruction, learn a step at a time, but maybe has an opportunity to uh, to push the envelope a little bit over the course of the next two weeks. And one of the players that might fit that description is a player who had a shorthanded goal in Calgary on Friday, the only goal for the Silver Knights. It was Daniel Cheka. Lapko wins it back with help from Phillips, but then it was picked off by Cheka. Cheka breaks away, shorthanded breakaway. Cheka in on goal, and it's it's in. Daniel Cheka put it through Wolf. It went off the post. It was lying on the goal line, and then racing back, I believe it was Cole Schwint who put it into the net himself. So Daniel Cheka gets a shorthanded goal, and the Silver Knights are on the board. It's three to one. And that was Daniel Cheka off a D-zone face-off, shorthanded, took the puck out of the face-off circle and just took off down the ice, won the foot race all the way down and finished for his second goal in the American Hockey League. But I think he's a fascinating player, and, and we're going to have a chance over these last couple of weeks and, of course, uh, when they have locker room clean-out day and we, we catch up with everyone one last time for the summer um, to get a sense of where the uh, where the staff, where the organization thinks Daniel Cheka has been coming along his first professional season after uh, or his first North American professional season. He's been North America uh, in North America predominantly uh, for the last five years or six years or so, but he was playing in the KHL uh, when COVID had things shut down on this side. He was playing in the OHL when he when it wasn't. But he was a player that the Silver Knights in the second round. They thought he dropped to them in the second round. Could have been a first-round talent. Definitely has had some bumpy portions this year, as any young defenseman could. And uh, at Daniel Chayka's age, he could have played another year a junior. So a young, young player playing against grown men and, and just trying to find his comfort level, learn uh, learn his gaps, learn his positioning, learn to have confidence with the puck on his stick in his own end, let alone in the offensive zone. That's all going to come along over time. But there's definitely been a an uplift in, in Cheka's play over the last, I'd say, three weeks or so. Uh, and I'll be interested to see what, what scenarios he's put in over these last six games. He's not the only one. Uh, but seeing the, the strides that have been taken this year by Brendan Brisson, by Lucas Cormier, where they've been able to, to grab a little bit more of an offensive role, um, not just an offensive role, but, but some success, have a, have a little bit of uh, fruit for their efforts. Brendan Brisson finding more points of late. Lucas Cormier has been among the leaders in rookie scoring amongst AHL defensemen all year long. They have something to show that has maybe given it an easier easier task of forecasting where they expect to be next year. I think Daniel Chake has had a little bit more of a traditional rookie defenseman season, which is to say there's been a lot of learning. A lot of learning, a lot of figuring it out, playing with a lot of different D partners. He's absolutely benefited when he's played with uh, Daniil Miramanov, who he certainly looks up to. Those are things, and, and we'll talk a bit about Daniil Miramanov, who uh, is in the uh, and at the moment described as a week-to-week situation. I don't believe we'll see him again this season, but uh, that as well opens up Ice time for, for young players. It'll be interesting to see how the platoon is handled uh, by the coaching staff in these final games uh, to muster the meaning out of the end of the AHL regular season. 
We're going to hop out, but when we come back, we're going to talk about some health tips with our friends from the Southern Nevada Health District. That's straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. HSK Today. Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you. Silver Knights with six games left in the regular season. And then, well, it'll be off to the offseason. Some players will, I'm sure, be tagging along for the VGK playoff run. But for the others, it'll be a summer of, uh, well, some rest and recuperation, but also uh, getting their bodies in shape and ready to be even stronger next year. And a big part of that is nutrition. We should all be focusing on our nutritional needs in the offseason. And who better to help us get back on track with our friends from the Southern Nevada Health District. And we're joined by Pichea Patasema. She's a health educator and registered dietitian in the Office of Chronic Disease Prevention and Health Promotion. Pichea, great to have you with us. Appreciate you taking the time and uh, hopping on to talk about uh, nutrition with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So right off the top, we'll do it through the, the scope of our athletes first who are on really specific dietary uh, routines throughout the season that the strength and conditioning crew works on. The off-season, they'll probably relax a little bit, but you know, for, for people who are trying to be in tip-top shape, diet is, is just as important as what they do in the weight room, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. So diet, both diet and uh, physical activities is really important, especially if you want to keep your body filled up so that you have the strength when you need it, right? Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I would, uh, as our audience knows, because I'm self-deprecating often enough, I do not follow all the nutritional rules that I should. And I think there's a a large group uh, in our audience who probably have the, uh, the, the, the New Year's resolution crowd. So maybe they've been on their best behavior for a couple of months now, or maybe they've already fallen off the wagon. But I often think, and maybe it's because of the way our hockey calendar works and, and the way the schedule is, but, you know, we're just into spring. The weather's warming up. We're outside more. People probably have more energy. They're, they want to be a little bit more active and a little bit better about these things. This seems like a pretty good time to to reassess uh, our diets, our nutritional needs. This seems like a pretty good time to, to give ourselves uh, a kick in the right direction if we need to. Yeah, spring is definitely that time for new beginnings, right? Certainly is, and we're talking with Pachea Panasema. Talk to us a little bit about the the five. If I'm saying this right, the five two one zero program or fifty two ten program. I'm not sure exactly how we uh, how we say it out loud, but it's a combination of of doing the right things diet wise, but also as you mentioned, getting up and getting moving. Yeah, so it's uh, the five two one zero guidelines. It's one of the guidelines we offer here at Southern Nevada Health District. So what it is is it's like four numbers, right? So it's five two one and zero. So the five it stands for uh, eating five or more servings of fruits and vegetables. And I know you self-depreciate a lot, but actually less than one in 10 adults actually get the recommended servings of fruits and vegetables. So it's really important that um, people follow this like really simple rule number guidelines where it's just, oh, five fruits and vegetables a day, right? right. And when we talk about that, well, we might think, oh, well, how much is that? So we say serving size, and a serving size is like about the size of your palm or like a medium piece of fruit. So imagine like a medium piece of apple or like half a cup of cooked or raw vegetables. So whatever is your fancy, you just remember to eat about five of it a day, and you'll be good to go on your fruits and veggie intake. 
Now, on that front, if you are a, a person like myself, a grown man with the palate of a five-year-old, let's talk to our chicken tenders uh, crowd in the audience. Five might sound like a challenge day in, day out. It shouldn't be. Just eat the carrots. But are there any uh, creative ways to, to introduce that into your diet to maybe make it easier, whether it's smoothies or are there ways to, uh, to varietize the fruits and vegetables portion? Yeah, that's so five definitely sounds like a lot, right? But if you think about it, let's say you might want to like make a smoothie in the morning. You just throw in half a banana, half a cup of spinach. You already got two, and you don't want just banana and spinach, so you're going to add in some, uh, let's say, apples or some uh, strawberries, and you can might as well get all of your five first thing in the morning. That's a good point. See, and, and that's... Pache, you're going to learn all my flaws. I'm a procrastinator. You're right. I could take care of this entire thing by 10 a.m. if I put my mind to it. So that's our f that's our five. We've got the fruits and vegetables. It's not all about what we are doing. It's also uh, what we're limiting or protecting ourselves from, and that's where the two comes in with our, our screen time. Yeah, so in this day and age of technology, right, where we love our screen time, we love our games when the game's on, right? So... But it's also important that we should limit it a little bit, right? So with our work, a lot of work, we're already sitting on our, in our chairs and doing work all day. So what we recommend is to limit that screen time to about two hours. So you can get a good game in, in two hours if you want to watch a game. Uh, or you can get up, stretch a little bit. So just try to limit your recreational screen time. So that's like time on your phone, on your computer, on the TV. Some people think that, oh, they're not doing that much screen time, but when you add everything together from your phone to your desktop to your tablet, it can be a lot. And definitely, I'm sure, sneaks up on you. You know what I think about, Pachea, from that end? It's not just in the afternoon where I'm on my phone or on the, on the uh, you know, watching TV and I should get up and be moving around. It's also... I feel like it can sneak up on you in the evenings when we're in our when we're in bed and we're scrolling and we're just not ready to fall asleep yet. And before you know it, you spent an hour scrolling instead of just going to sleep like you should have in the first place. That's probably something else that you have to keep an eye out for. Yeah, definitely. And it can mess up with your sleep if you're on your screen right before bed. So we have five fruits and veggies a day. We have two hours or less of recreational screen time. Now we have one hour of physical activity a day. That should be the one that I, I think of all of them should be the easiest to do because we all like to go outside for a walk or to, if you, you play golf or tennis or whatever. But that's also probably one that you can get to the end of the day and realize that you never got it in. Yeah, that's definitely one that you might realize you'd never get it in, which is why I suggest to a lot. A lot of people think of physical activity as like, oh, going to a gym and having to make time to go to the gym. But if you can make it something in your daily routine, that's better, right? So imagine you're going to work and you might as well take the stairs one day instead of like the elevator. That can be a good way of getting your physical activity in or even parking a little bit farther from the from your workplace or where you need to go. Then you get a little bit of walking in. So it's about adding this, um, this one hour throughout your day rather than like trying to cram it in at one place or trying to cram it in at the gym. So do, do whatever is easiest for you. And, Pache, I'm, I'm all about compromise, so I have absolutely no authority in this issue whatsoever. But I would think, especially as we're getting into, to, for our hockey fans, playoff time, times when they might be glued to the, the TV, if you can combine an hour on the Peloton or the treadmill with your screen time while you're watching something, can we call that a fair trade? We can definitely call that a fair trade, right? <laughs> so as you watch the games going on and you want to get that energy out, you might as well be on the Peloton. So, okay, I hereby decree with the authority vested in me, I'm going to allow everyone up to four hours of screen time, but you have to be moving for two of them. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's a great compromise. There we go. We're making progress. So R5, R2, R1, and the O. And the O is sugary beverages. And that is probably the toughest thing for a lot of people in our audience is to completely abstain from your sodas. And, and really, it's, I mean, this day and age, with uh, all the, the flavorings for water, I mean, water could be a lot more exciting than it used to be. But I would imagine that the sugary beverages is probably the thing that challenges people the most. Yeah, definitely. I think so, too. And it's the sneakiest thing, right? Because you imagine a lot of sports drinks, uh, they advertise, oh, it helps rehydrate you after a workout. It has all these electrolytes. But what they don't tell you is sometimes a lot of them can have like up to 50% of your sugary intake for the day. And that's what they don't tell you. And as you're drinking these uh, sports drinks to help rehydrate you, you may not be realizing that you're taking in a lot more sugar than you should be. So we got five fruits and vegetables a day, two hours or less of screen time, one hour of physical activity, no sugary beverages. That is the 5210 guidelines from the Southern Nevada Health District. Pache, I, I would also think as much as, like like any program you're going to put yourself on as you're trying to, uh, to, to, to better ourselves health-wise, the first couple of days you're really focusing on it, you're, you're keeping tabs on what you're doing. But you're going to feel better. If it feels like a project in the beginning, eventually you're going to want to keep up with it just because you're going to find you have more energy. Yeah, yeah. So it can definitely be a little bit hard to, like, change your habits overnight, right? But that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to help you build healthy habits day by day. You don't have to do all of them at once. You don't have to. So you can just pick something that's easy to do. So maybe you already like going outside and you like that uh, doing more physical activity or you've been thinking about, oh, you don't want to spend as much time on the screen. So you'll rather go outside. So you just take one step, you know, take a recommendation, follow it and see and see from there. We're at Pachea Patasema, who is a health educator and registered dietitian with Southern Nevada Health District. You can find the information for the 5210 program on southernnevadahealthdistrict.org. Pichea, for those of uh, in our audience who, again, have a hard time making the right dietary decisions, in addition to the program, but just their overall diet, what they're taking in day in, day out, I often wonder sometimes, are there gateway foods that can help people start making better decisions? I rely a lot on takeout or burgers and junk food. I want to start eating better, but it's going to be hard for me. I don't spend a lot of time in the kitchen. Are there things that maybe you guide people towards of, hey, this is going to get you off and running on the, in the right direction? So that's uh, where the five comes in, right? So uh, right. eating can look uh, very different from a lot of people, and some people might say that, oh, I'm just a meat and potatoes kind of person. Yeah. I'm not really into uh, vegetables. But uh, a lot of people do like have a vegetable that they might like. So you can start from there. You can start by starting what you like, and then you can maybe try it, try it out, or maybe add one more thing to your salad. Or if you're not a salad person, add try a different kind of fruit, right? So it's it's gonna take a lot of time to experiment, but each person is different, so you can experiment and try fruits and vegetables that you like, and go from there. Great advice, and and something that we can all uh, focus on a little more closely. One more thing before we go, Pichea. We've talked a lot about the what. Is there any significance or any importance uh, to the when? When our uh, our fans are are eating, is it is it uh, important to to shut down snacking or anything like that? By you know, if you're eating at 10 p.m., it doesn't matter what you're eating. I imagine it's probably not the best thing to be doing. Is is when important? Uh, so it's it's going to look different from everybody, right? Because sure. everybody has different schedules and things like that. But one thing that we encourage is like to listen to your body, right? So you're going to listen to your body when you're hungry. 
And a lot of uh, times with snacking, it's are you snacking because you can or are you snacking because you're hungry? So mm-hmm. it's really important for people to be really mindful about how they're eating, when they're eating, and listening to their bodily cues. Let's get in tune with our bodies. Let's make good decisions. Let's cut out some uh, distractions. And let's watch the playoffs while we're on the uh, the stationary bike or the treadmill. Pachea yeah, Patasame, right it's been phenomenal having you. We really appreciate you joining us and giving us some good health tips for the off season. Yeah, so, yep. glad to be here. Thank you for being with us, Pachea. We'll catch up with you again uh, next season, I'm sure. That is Pachea Patasema, the health educator and registered dietitian from the Office of Chronic Disease Prevention and Health Promotion, Southern Nevada Health District. Hop on to southernnevadahealthdistrict.org for more information on how you can enjoy healthy living this summer. Silver Knights are going to celebrate, uh, well, we've talked about the importance of keeping yourself healthy and and making good decisions, and sometimes uh, we benefit from the strong health decisions and the healthy living of others, uh, and the the celebration of, of the the opportunity to give others a second chance at life, both those who have benefited and those who have contributed. We will be celebrating on Friday the uh, Silver Knights celebrating Donate Life Night presented by Nevada Donor Network. Silver Knights will be facing the Bakersfield Condors for a 7 o'clock puck drop on Friday, April 7th. Silver Knights uh, celebrating the evening and celebrating Nevada Donor Network. Silver Knights will be uh, honoring those who have donated uh, organs, donated the opportunity to uh, give others uh, uh, who are ill, those who are sick, those who are injured, a second chance. There will be a chance to uh, fill out I Donate for signs around the arena at the Dollar Loan Center, and the Silver Knights will be wearing jerseys as well uh, that will be available at auction to support donor network causes at hskdonor.givesmart.com hskdonor.givesmart.com. That's where you can bid on the jerseys throughout the contest on Friday night, a game that will also be televised. So you can, uh, if you're not here in person, you can check out on TV and see which of your favorite players' donor network jerseys you would like to bid on. That is Donate Life Night, presented by Nevada Donor Network on April the 7th. We will step out when we come back. We'll be joined by Darren Millard and Get some perspective on the VGK playoff run and how the HSK is contributing to it. That is straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. A man become preeminent. He is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Brian McCormick. at the Dollar Loan Center. We're having a little bit of technical trouble with our signal. I think you can hear me. Um, I can partially hear what's coming back, so hopefully this is working. Uh, And I believe we have Darren Millard on the phone, who is super patient. Uh, And if he can hear me or can't hear me, I'm sure one way or the other he's going to laugh at me. Uh, Darren, do I have you? What are you doing? I can't. Okay. Darren, so just so you know, I hear a bit of a 
what I think artificial intelligence Darren Millard would sound like, something droidish on your end. So <laughs> I'm going to shout questions out into the ether. You will respond to them, and then we'll we'll get together after this and laugh about it. Um, first of all, how are you? I, I was really good about five minutes ago, and now I'm slightly concerned about my good friend Brian McCormick. Uh, but uh, outside of that, I'm doing very well, my friend. Okay. From a couple of words I heard in there, I think Darren's doing well. I think things are good. <laughs> uh, do you remember broadcasting school? Oh, this is, this is a new one for my radio like record that. books. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to guess that Darren is silent on his side and ready for a question. Here it comes. Pavel Dorofiev is putting up ridiculous numbers. Uh, he had a great year at the Silver Knights last season. This year, a couple of injuries in uh, the lineup. But he, it took him a while to catch fire, but he certainly has up with the Golden Knights. Uh, what is clicking so well for Pavel Dorofiev? But they put him in a position to play up in the lineup and use that skill that we've seen with the Henderson Silver Knights over the last uh, number of years. Uh, he's uh, hungry. He's adapted to his game to be on the inside, as Bruce Cassidy likes to term it. Uh, certainly playing inside the dots, uh, or the face-off dots, and he's scoring uh, from there. He also got a 95-mile-per-hour one-timer the other night. Uh, but for the most part, uh, he's been just doing a great job of getting to the net, and he's playing with an exceptional center iceman uh, in, in William Carlson, who's at the top of his game right now in in creating offense and it's it's created some chemistry with uh, the now return riley smith and and william carlson but dora Fiev is is a finisher that we've all heard about with that offensive skill and and he's showing exactly that that he's able to put the puck in the net at the national hockey league level and he's given bruce cassidy a real option there And for the Golden Knights, they have Braden Bahal up now as well. You know, as we get closer and closer to the playoffs, Silver Knights are going to finish the season uh, on time, if you will. When the season ends, their their season will end. But that's going to make uh, everyone available for uh, taxi squad duty with the Golden Knights. And for Bruce Cassidy and for the management, as they're deciding who they want to be uh, along for that ride, you know, this has been another year where the Silver Knights have had a lot of players that they've supplied to the VGK. Bruce Cassidy has a pretty good working knowledge of a lot of the players that he might have at his disposal for that uh, that kind of taxi squad duty. I, I think you're right on the money with that, Brian, in the sense of we saw uh, multiple players up for not just one game, but a handful of games where Bruce Cassidy could get a, a real look. And uh, he talked about it earlier when there was uh, some shuffling back and forth that he didn't get uh, a good enough look at, at a couple of players, but that eventually, uh, by uh, the misfortune of others and being hurt, uh, resulted in a, a longer stay with the with the National Hockey League club. So, uh, in particular, on on the blue line, I think that uh, he knows exactly where uh, the the reach is when it comes to going down the depth. Uh, Braden Hall up right now, but you saw Caden Korzak up uh, this year. I know uh, Mir Manov is battling right now, but uh, but they know. And for the Golden uh, Knights, Darren, you know, we've seen Yuri Pateri get a chance uh, with the VGK. Laurent Brassois has been called on now. Uh, there's really a lot to speak to, to what Freddie Brathwaite's done and what the entire goaltending battery in the organization has been able to accomplish to, to keep the VGK at the top of the Pacific. What I like about Freddie Brathwaite is he's, he's a great teammate and a great mentor. But he puts in the work, and there's a lot of technical uh, side of it that, that people don't necessarily see with Freddie. He's dialed in 
with uh, with all the tools and the uh, and the latest uh, advantages that a coach can use and, and the uh, various uh, uh, stretches in the style uh, where the game is going and and I, I think that uh, that he deserves real uh, accommodation from from the organization and has received that in comments by Bruce Cassidy and, and Sean Burke about uh, how he's prepared the guys to come up with Bruce Law and, and obviously uh, Yuri Patera with his two wins. Darren, all fascinating and uh, love talking to you. I, I want to call you after this to hear more of what you just said to our audience because I bet it was absolute cold. But thank you for hanging with us. And also thank you on a, on a uh, the day after a travel day that you were able to hop on with us and give us some perspective. It's going to be a really exciting Golden Knights playoff run and uh, look forward to, to watching you and then maybe watching some hockey in between, but mostly watching you. Buddy, uh, you and I are going to have a conversation that I'm going to tape and I'm going to put out there for the uh, for the world to hear. <laughs> we will, we'll record the puppet show and we'll play it at a later date. Yeah. Darren, you're the best, buddy. Thank you so much. Hey, buddy. <laughs> that was VGK Golden Microphone Man, uh, Mr. Darren Millard, who is kind enough to join us and, and uh, battle in and out of the technical challenges that we have contended with in this final segment. Thank you to Lindsey Brown for being a, uh, a magician behind the soundboard to make everything work and uh, and get us to the finish line. Special thank you to Darren Millard and also uh, to our friend at the uh, Southern Nevada Health District, uh, Pachea, who was able to join us. Uh, <coughs> Pardon me. Matea Patasema, who was able to give us some great health tips uh, to take us into the summer months. Much appreciated. Silver Knights and Tucson Roadrunners drop the puck at 7 p.m. Pre-game at 6.30 with Justin Russo. Join us right here on 12.30 The Game. I'm Brian McCormick. Thanks for joining us for HSK Today. We'll see you next week for the final edition this season.